Hello everyone, I'm Colin Tesler of Russellone.com, joined by John Clark tonight to talk, to talk about WWE NXT 2.0. John, how you doing? I am doing pretty well. How are you doing, Colin? I'm doing pretty well. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about the show. Uh, the ending there kind of... Uh, I have feelings, but before we talk about that, I just want to remind you all this show, like everything we do here, it's available on all, all of our platforms, SoundCloud, Spotify, a YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered, so make sure you leave a like and subscribe. We appreciate you. So, John, heading into tonight's show, we knew that we had a very exciting North American title match uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, Santos Escobar, two of the former black and gold brands, best and brightest, going out of here for the title. With Swerve Scott being drafted to SmackDown, uh, that, that kind of added another wrinkle here where, uh, John, we talked about it last week. It felt like a pretty much lock. You know, I would say, like, I felt 98% sure uh, that that uh, Swerve would lose the title ahead of going to SmackDown. Um, and that didn't happen. Uh, we had a very, very, very good match here in the main event. Two of the best, as I said, doing doing what they do. Uh, I could see, I could, you know, watch these guys wrestle all day. They're very, very good. I really, really wanted Santos Escobar to win. It made sense. Um, he's been feuding with Swerve Scott, who 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 has not defended this title since he won it in June twenty eighth, which is crazy. Uh, Stephen James though was saying that uh, yes, while uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott won this match, Carmelo Hayes pulled a swerve on him. So. Yes, uh, Carmelo Hayes helped Swerve Scott win the match. Where basically we had before the show, Hit Row got quote unquote abducted to negate their uh, ability to interfere. And so when Legato interfered in the match trying to help Escobar, out of nowhere, Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams interfered, helped Swerve Scott win the match there. And then they celebrated with him initially. And I thought they might do a telematch next week because I guess that'd be the, the really, well, I guess they could do it. No, I guess the next week will be the last opportunity to do it before uh, the draft uh, kicks in officially after Crown Jewel. Um, they didn't do that. They they turned uh, Kamal Hayes' title opportunity into a Money in the Bank contract, unbeknownst to any fans. I feel like this is very much a, a new thing. We This is not how the breakout tournament worked last time around. Uh, last time it was a much more traditional um title opportunity like this was not a money in the bank thing so for me this definitely took me out of it here of like granted they only had the one other breakout tournament to go off of but if they i don't know i kind of feel like they're flying by a seat of the pants it's like all right we got uh swerve scott and hit roll going to nxt i'm sorry going to smackdown leaving nxt how do we get the title off them you could give the title to the guy that's been feuding with him for several months, or you could give it to Kamal Hayes and, and build a new star, build a new star in the process. I get that. I understand the thinking there. Uh, DJ, again, all the jokes about be, being a swerve. Uh, DJ saying that NXT tried to swerve us with the title reign, and Nestor is saying that it was a nice swerve here. Um, so, John, what do you think? What, what do you think about the title match and then the decision to have Kamal Hayes cash in the... Uh, not in name, but in but in practice, money in the bank contract on Swerve Scott. If this sets the precedent going forward, then I guess it's okay. But if this was a one-time deal that people think we're going to forget about next year, then it's like, what's the point? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Man, uh, DJ asking if Swerve will get a rematch next week. I could see it. This would likely be Swerve Scott, or uh, that would likely be Swerve Scott's last match on NXT. It'd be weird just to kind of send him off 
like this. Um, but I don't know. I, I it's weird to me because I they had the little clip of Hit Row getting abducted before the show started, and I just got a laugh out of that. I was like, oh, they got abducted. I wonder where they'll possibly wind up. I felt like a pretty um, cheap. I don't know. I don't want to say cheap way to, to send them to SmackDown, but I felt like that was kind of the intention there. You know, just to write them off of NXT. Um, so I feel like that might be kind of the the direction there. Whereas Horace got lost here, he could show up next week by himself. I could see that. It'd be a very good match. It'd be a good way to uh, kind of write him off. Exactly. Song. Yeah. So I could see that. I, I think it'd be a, a good match there. I, I hope it happens. You know, to kind of um, make the most of it here. But uh, and then kind of along those same veins. Steve Chambers saying that he wants to see more North American title matches. I agree. Again, didn't get defended since June 20, uh, 28th, 29th. Um, so, yeah, that's not good. Uh, the, the, the announce team was actually joking like, oh, Swerve Scott could take it to SmackDown. And it's funny because he hasn't defended the title. So it's like, all right, well, <laughs> what, what are we really losing there if he does? So thankfully, Carmel Hayes and, and NXT Superstar won the match and kept the title on NXT. Um I saw mostly people on Twitter seem to be happy about it, but Jonah Rock, or formerly known as Bronson Reed, tweeted, oh, Santos Escobar deserved that. That was my reaction. I think that, that, that will be a little divisive there where it's like, you know, again, I, I thought Santos uh, deserved it. I thought that would have made more sense. But at the same time, sometimes, you know, these swerves can be very fun. So uh, ultimately, as, as you said, John, um, the nature of the swerve being this kind of money in the bank thing, if it's the new precedent, I guess I'm more cool with it. Hopefully that's, and that's what Nesha's saying, hopefully it gets, uh, uh, well, I guess, she, I think she means the title, but uh, that and the um, this money in the bank like idea here, hopefully both are more prominent going forward. And it's not just a, way to keep it on NXT as a one-off, but I thought it was a very good match. Good way to kind of elevate the title. Good way to elevate Kamal Hayes here, so I thought that was good. And, you know, I can't complain too, too much, but like I said, the, the fact that they hadn't really established the Money in the Bank rule, uh, you know, if you if you think about it too much, it was definitely a little, uh, I don't know. But yes, main event was good, and we can at least appreciate that. So uh, we have several things to talk about in, the, in the, the general title picture here. The show began with Tommaso Ciampa taking on Joe Gacy. If Gacy won, he'd be added to the NXT title match at Halloween Havoc, and that is two weeks away. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the another good match, good join for Gacy. He got a promo before the match saying that he, he basically he fights for all the snowflakes, and he wants to kind of knock Ciampa down a peg because he's the representation of toxic masculinity and, and championship privilege. Um, cool. You know, but I saw some, some feedback on Twitter. People were saying that he's like this kind of collection of like buzz, quote unquote buzzwords or like words that are you know, guaranteed to generate a, a heelish reaction, I guess, in, in most contexts. And a safe space. Yes, yeah, so the safe space. And, the, you know, we were talking about a little bit yesterday with Raw, how he'd thrive in the chaos, trying to, you know, resolve that conflict there. That's very much the idea. Here he faced Ch Tommaso Ciampa. And then Harland shows up, formerly known as Parker Boudreaux. And Ch uh, Ciampa wins. He had, like, a little brief distraction there with Harland. And then Harland attacks Ciampa, the NXT champion, and proceeds to kind of get in Gacy's face for a second week in a row. And then Gacy just kind of strokes his face. Tries to kind of make a friend, and um, I I don't know what what to make of that, but it was weird. Uh, what do you think about this interaction with um, Harlan and Gacy, and I guess the continued prominence of Joe Gacy overall? 
Yeah, yeah. as far as the interaction, I mean, I don't really know what to think of it because it was kind of weird and at the same time out of nowhere. So, I mean, we, we obviously got a tease of this before, but it kind of still came out of the blue. Uh, I, I like Joe Gacy's character. I think it has the potential to work. Uh, I think it has the potential to make a lot of people upset, which is maybe a good thing in today's TV world and social media world. If you get any kind of buzz, negative or positive, unless it's really negative, Typically, it's a good thing for you, uh, you know, when people don't like somebody or or like the crap on something uh, like, you know, Eva Marie, when she came back, she was getting all kinds of negative comments. But look at all the publicity she was getting for it. I mean, yeah, it only helps you. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and Corey Graves said that I think it was uh, shortly after the NXT 2.0 revamp on After the Bell. He said people are, are talking about him. He's like he's generating some discussion. And at the end of the day, uh, in this world of social media, TV and, and all these things, you know, that's that's the, that's the goal. You want to be talked about. And it's kind of, at this point, especially it feels like, you know, all, all publicity is good publicity because people are talking about you. So um, and Gacy's making that work and he's I think he plays the part well. So there's that at least it's not like he's just kind of um, put in this role and not doing a good job. I think he's you know, making the most of it. And, you know, again, I, I think it's working uh, at least in that capacity here. So. Uh, but like I said, we talked about it last week. I thought he would win this match and be the fall guy at Halloween Havoc, but instead, Ciampa wins. And um, yeah, so now it's it's set to remain a singles match. But then, on top of that, and uh, the night after, we had a whole show dedicated to the idea of teams failing to coexist. Ciampa and Braun Breaker will be teaming together next week on NXT, likely failing to coexist. And I'm like, we can't even be free of this stuff in NXT. I knew you were going to make a comment about that when I saw the matchup. Oh my gosh, what, what are we doing? Like, I know, I know the changes in NXT and supposedly more of a a main roster influence, and I, I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed. You know, man, like, like I, I on paper. On a normal, like just like uh, in a vacuum, this is fine. Like it, it's what WWE does, it's fine. But the, fa- the fact we we've seen it several times this year, and then twice just last night on Raw, it's that that's kind of grinding my gears. I'm like, oh no, because like I was saying about otherwise, I'm not that excited about this title match. If only my interest in it being that. Could Breaker win? Either clearly strapping the rocket to him, and clearly NXT 2.0 is all about this young talent and, and trying I think it's to really very possible. Yeah. So again, that's why I was pretty surprised that Gacy lost because at least then you'd have a, the fall guy and you don't have to pin Champa. But now in a singles match, Breaker could pin Champa. I could see it. Um, and yeah, we're talking about Kamala Hayes winning title. That's a way to build new stars. Then you have Braun Breaker uh, potentially pinning. One of the faces of NXT, and there, there you go. Um, but yeah, to me, doing the the can they coexisting next week on the Go Home Show, not not making me feel uh, more excited about the match. At least, you know, not not necessarily lessening my my uh, interest in it, but definitely not helping. But uh, Stephen Taylor was saying too soon for Braun. I mean, I would agree. Like in, in any logical sense, it is too soon. The guy has been on TV for. I think we're just about a month from today. I think the, re- the revamp was the 14th of September, which is crazy yeah. to think about. Um, so, yeah, so to me, it would be too soon. But then just kind of looking at some of the 
the context here, he, he you know, got in Ciampa's face the first night he was on TV. He beat LA Knight. Um, I thought he did. And uh, he's just been very yeah, much featured. Right. Yeah, he's been featured like that. So I could see it. I could see it. And then, like I said, good way to kind of just build a new guy. And I, that's what they're yeah, trying to do. I, I don't know. I'm on the fence on if I think he could win or if he will win. But I certainly think it's a possibility. That it is. And as Nesker is saying, you never know with wrestling. You never know. Uh, anything can happen here. Uh, kind of uh, going off of that, if Breaker does win, DJ asking if we can see Ciampa on the main roster. Again? Uh, I doubt it since the draft just ended. Yeah, but you know they could still do non-draft related call-ups find a way to get them on there otherwise you know i don't know i feel like that they're not going to let that logic stop them if that is the direction they want to go in um but yeah i just and i will say Champa kind of i remember it was a recent interview right around the revamp starting that he said he wasn't against moving the main roster but at the same time you know, he's a guy that's on the tail end of his career relatively. He has been, had neck surgery. And now, especially now, with, you know, live crowds being back, being back on the road, that is a demanding schedule. So he wasn't necessarily, like, shooting it down, as the headlines had once made it seem. But at the same time, it doesn't sound like he's exactly chomping at the bit to go with the main roster. So I don't know what exactly he would do. Uh, and we were talking about this weeks now. What he would do, what other some of these other veterans would do uh, as we continue to see some of these younger stars uh, you know, standing out here on NXT 2.0. Definitely a good comparison here with the Hermit Dakar saying that Braun Breaker uh, feels like a young John Cena in terms of quickly kind of getting uh, pushed and rising to the top here. Definitely a, a, a fast track version of that. Uh, Cena took a couple of years, whereas this is, again, literally uh, by the time Halloween Havoc comes, it'll be just a little over a month. Uh, and again, I guess it's working, but I would feel very, very soon. But again, people are kind of rallying around uh, Braun Breaker and people are seeming to like it. So I can see it. And we'll see what happens. We'll see if he can coexist with Chompa next week. They probably won't be able to, but that's fine. Uh, otherwise, here in the women's division, we have two title matches to look forward to as well. Toxic Attraction collectively challenged uh, the Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's title and uh, Yushirai and Zoe Stark. Uh, for the women's tag titles for Halloween Havoc. And throughout the, throughout the show, those matches were confirmed. Uh, Raquel Gonzalez accepted and made it uh, spin the wheel, make, uh, make a deal kind of thing. So there will be some kind of stipulation attached. Cool with that. Uh, we've been talking about it for weeks. I actually think Mandy Rose could win. Kind of like Braun Breaker in a very, very different way. Uh, and maybe even uh, in a way almost like more likely because she has, it's not too soon for her in the sense that she's been on the main roster she's been around she's got experience all these things um so i could see that i think that she's been she and toxic attraction have been thriving here but uh at the same time maybe not so much necessarily saying uh, mandy better not win and then again some divisive thoughts here of steven chambers saying toxic attraction will win all the belts at halloween havoc john what do you think about toxic attraction uh getting these title matches at halloween havoc i think uh that Steven is half right in that. I think Mandy will win. But I'm not so sure that the rest of Toxic Attraction will win, as I do think there's a case for Indy and Persia to possibly win. So as far as how I think about Toxic Attraction, uh, I just think that Io Shirai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Zoe Stark could all be either doing better things or, or doing something else. 
So, I mean, if I had to pick between the, the all of the possible outcomes of the pay-per-view, I would go with Mandy Rose winning. And at this, at this point in time, I would go with Indy and Persia winning. Where do you stand? I feel like they might uh, ride the hot hand in the sense of Mandy Rose have momentum do that. I think she's been doing good work in this new character in NXT. That would make sense. JC, Jane, and Gigi are thriving alongside her, but I don't know if I see them as uh, being quite ready yet. But then if you have Mandy interfere or something and kind of do a, a little wonky like that, I, I think that would make some sense. But as you're saying, John, a DJ saying the toxic trash will get one belt, not two. And I would probably lean that way. They might get all the belts eventually, which is what Nesh is saying here. But for Halloween Havoc, um, yeah, I, I guess if uh, I had to really kind of sit down and predict it, I would probably lean toward Mandy winning and maybe giving uh, her partners the titles. I don't know, maybe like a, a December special episode or, or something. Really kind of build up a little bit more because they're, they're still pretty kind of new to the NXT scene. So uh, that would seem, kind of again, kind of like Breaker, a little rush. But at the same time, they're, 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 they as well are getting this spot, um, you know, really kind of, you know, and not to be just the, they're in they're in the spotlight and I, and I could see that. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I, I have a good feeling Mandy's going to win. And I've been uh, saying that for a couple of weeks here. So uh, I could see that. And also, DJ making a good point. Depending on what the spin the wheel uh, make, make a deal is, you could set the stage for any number of things. You know, some outside interference, if, if as long as, even if it is a steel cage match, but especially if it's like a street fight or something, you could see yeah, that. Yeah, I didn't think about how that wheel could play a role into the stipulation or the possible scenarios you have here. Uh, typically, when you see that, you kind of automatically assume it's going to be like a no DQ or something like that. But there could be definitely something more to this here. I mean, we've seen this a couple times here. I remember, uh, I think it was 2019, maybe 2020, when uh, Io Shirai faced um, Candice LeRae, and it was like a... They had some kind of name for it. But it was like a, it was a TLC match with like uh, some some horror elements in it. Of like they had like arms or, or like limbs or something. They made they made it like very Halloween like and it was fun yeah. like that. But then, then we had a lot of interference in that, and they they kind of built that suspense of like oh you know then you set up some outside interference. I could see very much the same thing here, but this time uh, Candice didn't win that one. I could see Mandy actually getting away with a win here. So uh, and yes, the JJ pointing out that was uh, one Shotzi Blackheart hosted the show. <laughs> Boy, things have changed, but uh, here we are rolling on here with NXT 2.0. Um, you know, John, something that was missing from the show tonight. Not not missing. Not missing entirely, but not prominent enough. Not enough index. Not enough index. We, you mentioned Indy, uh, Indy and Persia. They had a tag team match. Uh, Indy kissed Dexter, like, kind of went away to the ring. And that was it. We didn't have any fun vignettes. We didn't have... It's all you needed. It's all we needed. John... Oh my goodness. Two nights in a row, folks. This man. You don't want is... them to wear it out, don't you? You want them to keep it fresh. You know, I, gotta keep I it know, guessing. I know. Plus, what, I, what, do you, what even is the next iteration of this gonna be? Like, why? Well, that's what I wanna know. I wanna know where we're going. You know, it's like, what are we doing? We, we, we had the honeymoon. We, now we're seeing Indian Persia chase the tag titles. But, like, what, 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 about, what about Dexter? You know, in the words of Raven, what, what about Dexter? So I want to know. I, I hope uh, Stephen here was pointing out he'd be a good host for Halloween Havoc. In the meantime, if, if there is not like a storyline plan, oh, he hosted New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve, that's right. So maybe now it's his time. Now with Shotzi being up 
on the, somewhat on the main roster. Uh, maybe I, I can't think of anybody else. That's what TJ is asking. You know, who would be a good guest for it? Um, I'd probably lean towards Dexter. I don't know who else could really fit in as the spooky host like that. But second part of that question is very interesting here. Uh, we had a vignette tonight, just like the uh, battery charge vignettes. I'm sure it will uh, lead to plenty of speculation over the next cycle. It's only two weeks here. And the battery charging, that was like a solid like month where we're sitting here saying, we have no idea. Same with the diamond mine. We had no idea what that would turn out to be. Uh, this is thankfully just two weeks. I actually like missed most of it, but I did see on uh, the the GIF on Twitter. Someone was kind of digging something up and saying they're burying the past and they're gonna you know re- return to Halloween havoc. Um, uh, I'm uh, immediately seeing two separate chains of thought here about who it might be. Hopefully, One, they're the same two that I I want them to be. But I you feel go like, ahead. I feel like they are. I feel like a lot of the, the uh, speculation so far has been that this this vignette about the digging the hole and burying the past will be either. Dakota Kai or a guy that literally buried uh, his guitar and stuff inside on fire on draw Elias. So I feel like that's something that could be pretty cool. You know, I don't know exactly how Elias fits on the main roster right now. I don't know how Elias fits in on this, this NXT 2.0. That's all about (laughs) young, new, uh, you know, untapped potential talent here. Um, But there's something cool about that. Elias can have literally, Burying his past, come coming back. I got some kind of vibe of like something like almost not demonic, but something very dark and kind of sinister here of like this new character. You know, they literally were digging something. I will say, um, the they had the the vignette and someone kind of zoomed in on it. It looked like I'm trying not to phrase this word. It looked like it might be a a, a female. Like it looks like kind of a, like a feminine body. Like you know, they were in a robe. So that was kind of my thought. I was like, I don't know. Um, if that's last last is a big beefy dude. So it's like, don't know about that, but, uh, that's just saying her thoughts went to Elias here. Um, DJ can predict kind of connecting the dots there with Elias with the, the, the other vignettes he had. We haven't seen him on raw in probably what over a month now, even with those vignettes, I think I feel like it's been at least like a month. So, yeah. uh, that makes sense. Uh, my two guesses. One was Elias. The other was not Dakota Kai, however. It was actually Ember Moon. I thought maybe Ember mm. Moon could be someone who fits that spooky Halloween-y type theme where she would turn into, I don't want to say a new character, but kind of a refreshed version of her other character. Uh, but like Dakota it. would certainly be interesting. I think Elias would probably be the most beneficial because I think he could... His first NXT run wasn't really great at all. His main roster run proved to not be very good. I mean, his biggest moment was pissing off the Seattle crowd by making fun of them not having a basketball team. That's what everybody remembers him by. Uh, Of course, there are some other things he's done too, but uh, I I just think that this would benefit him the most. I like like the idea of Elias. Stephen Taylor was saying it could be a good choice. Um, Isaac Walker or Isaiah Walker joking could be Bray Wyatt burying Lily. I don't know about that, but I think Elias is a realistic pick here. Um, Ember Moon's a good, uh, I, I like that uh, thought process as well. Of like, you know, if she's got the, the kind of werewolf kind of thing going, it's Halloween, and that could be some kind of fun there. Um, but you know, I, I think that Elias is interesting. DJ also throwing out Timothy Thatcher, maybe, but uh, I think at this point. I would go. It's probably one of uh, Elias, Dakota, or Ember. I think all, either any one of those would be good choices, likely choices. Um, 
And yeah, I'm someone that's not necessarily the biggest Elias fan, but I think there's just something interesting about him kind of literally burying his past and coming back as something different and seeing how that would go. So uh, thank again, thankfully we won't have to wait too, too long. Maybe we'll get another hint next week, but otherwise here, going to have to wait and see. Some of we did we did see tonight, didn't have to wait for it, was uh, Grayson Waller was in action. And Nesker is saying that she loves, loves seeing him in action, uh, that she likes seeing him on 205 Live. Um, I agree. We're seeing some of the 205 guys get some chances here on NXT. But to me, it was, it's weird where he when he faced Roderick Strong at this promo about being a risk taker and taking chances. Tonight, he's, he's talking about like playing poker because that was two cousin thing. And he comes out wearing boxer shorts and gloves. Like he got gloves in his promo. And I'm like, these are two very, very different characters here. And we've been talking about it for a sense of revamp. This, this new NXT is all about the characters, all about these personalities. You know who these people are. Then you got a guy coming out here and he's got like, not, I'm not, I'm not saying he's got two personalities, but two very, they've presented him as, as two very different things. So I don't know who this, who he is or who they're trying to make him, but he did have a match with Duke Hudson, Duke Hudson won. And I just thought it was funny because in the promo, Grace Smaller said uh, he was kind of playing off of Duke Hudson's uh, poker thing. And he's like, Oh, you know, I'm going all in and he lost. And I tweeted like, Oh, I, I guess he should stop playing poker. Cause yeah, no, right. <laughs> but what do what do you think about? I guess I'll pair it just in general. Grayson Waller here, and also uh, he wasn't the only two hundred five guy two hundred five guy tonight that we saw. But uh, general thoughts on that? Yeah, I think any time that you kind of, I guess, introduce new characters like this without really much exposure to a, a core of your audience, especially when it comes to two hundred five live. I mean, me and you know as good as anybody else that two hundred five live isn't the most popular program. Uh, I mean, some people actually still think they film it before SmackDown, and they do not film it on Friday nights anymore. Uh, does anybody really know when they film it? It's yeah, it's I think it's before NXT or after or, or anyways. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is, these uh, characters like this and, and just stories like this need a lot of work because there are not many fans that will care unless th- they're given a reason to really. Yeah. No, exactly. You know, um, I think that that's an uphill battle where you've got guys that, yeah, they're, they're competing on, on 205 all the time. And, and then here and there, we saw this even before the revamp, guys would be on 205 Live and then they'd come over, uh, they kind of pull double duty and they, they'd be on NXC. But if you're not watching 205 Live, you don't really know who they are. Um, and that's, and that's you don't hard. care who they are. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think it's if they're getting the opportunities and, and I guess in a way it's just a matter of trying to be for the, for the fans, for the viewers trying to be patient and also on that, that on WWE's part, because it is hard to kind of get people to care about it when, you know, you're, they're mostly being featured on that show. And then you kind of bring them over trying to establish them. Like, you know, they should know who they are because they're on 205 live, but also treating that as this new character. It is a weird kind of gray area there. Um, Nestor Chris pointing out that Grayson was in the opening matches a couple weeks in a row. Um, I mean, I remember he was teaming with Drake Maverick very, very briefly. Um, and then he had a match with Roderick Strong. Like, they, they've been like kind of incorporating him a little bit. But again, that, like, that, that um, exacerbates my confusion. It's like he was the risk taker. Now he's this like boxer kind of guy. I don't know what they're doing. And not to say you can't change characters, but just, uh, so again, as you're trying to get these people over as these characters, yeah, that, that that's not helping. So uh, again, he wasn't the only 205 guy, 205 guy we saw tonight. Ikeman Gyro uh, showed up and made the very 
questionable choice of confronting the entirety of the Diamond Mine. Uh, had a good match with Julius Creed, one half of the Creed brothers. Uh, so, you know, I was a little surprised to see that because Creed's in this tag team. They're trying to get the tag team going. And then you have, uh, you know, one half of the tag team in a singles match. Thought it was good. Creed, the Creed brothers, very much impressive. They're great athletes. Picked up a good win. And then uh, Kushida made the save after the match. So clearly he's not done with Diamond yet. And speaking of Diamond as well, Ivy Nile made her debut. I thought she looked great. Definitely a powerhouse. Reminds me a lot of Shayna Baszler, I believe. Uh, I forget her real name, but uh, I believe she does have a background with MMA. Or no, she was Amer um, Titan Games uh, on NBC. Yes. Definitely, yeah. She has that very um, real athleticism. That she has that very, very like, you know, physically imposing look. So she fits right in there. This, John, this is the Diamond that I wanted all along. You know, you're not just leaning on Roderick Strong. We got a promo from Malcolm Bivens, so they're slowly actually like leaning on the different members like an actual stable. So this is good. I'm liking it. Yeah, but it's isn't it kind of weird though that they just magically become this dominant after like kind of being on the fence for a while and all of a sudden it's like they're these big, strong, unified group of people that are unstoppable and banded together like Colin what clicked over the past couple of weeks to get people on the same page. See John, this is how it works, all right? Roger Strong. Educate they're, me. They're, hey, I'm 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 going somewhere with this, right? Roger Strong educated them. You, you, you set me up right there. He educated them. He, he's this is the diamond mine. Uh what he's making he got Cole or they're not Cole, because they, they all these guys are and and Ivy Nile are very, very talented. He got these raw Raw prospects. They've been they've been put in the work in the gym, and and let's say they're doing some film sessions. They're studying. They're learning. And then over the over the, it takes maybe maybe they're a little slow going, but then here we go. They got there. Then now we're turning into diamonds, and diamonds are made under pressure. You throw them into the spotlight and on NXT 2.0, and there you go. That's that's how I that's how I chose to view it. It's like all right, yeah, it's weird. It's been the slow going, but. I'm trying. Uh, this is one of those cases where maybe I'm doing too much to fill in the gaps of trying to make it make sense. But I feel like that's what I've been saying. So that's what they're going for. Uh, Malcolm Evans did reference of at least the Creed brothers have been putting in the work and trying to really kind of uh, learn. So I, I feel like on the way, maybe that was implied for the whole group. But uh, I think that's kind of the idea. It's just they they didn't do the best job of like setting that up. We didn't get a lot of like vignettes over the past couple of weeks. Because, uh, yeah, for a while, it's just been the Roderick Strong show. Oh, and he's got these people that look really imposing standing around him. Um, exactly. And now, yeah. And so now I, I, I understand the confusion or the frustration there. But um, I, I'm liking at least that we're slowly leaning on some of the others here. Stephen Chim is wondering why they're not doing the other guy. I think he's talking about Diamond. Uh, that's Hachiman yeah. uh, Hideki Suzuki. He's, I think, supposed to be more of a coach. I don't think he's really like they, or at least they don't want to use him as a wrestler, at least right now. Um, yeah. Haven't heard anything otherwise. Haven't heard anything reported about it. That's just my kind of um, my read of the situation. I don't know that, um, but I'm liking the, this for Diamond Mind. Admittedly, um, once you apply a little logic to it in terms of like why is this happening now, it is a little weird. But at least the top, I'm just glad we're getting it because I remember the first week they showed up. It's like, and then first week I was excited, and then the second week they didn't really do anything, and then there's just been a weird like um, stop and start kind of thing here. So uh, thankfully uh, this is happening for me at least, and I'm glad that we're getting it. And I hope it continues. DJ asking if I'm in with lashing out. 
I am not in with lashing out DJ. I am sorry. Admittedly, it's funny. She referenced a uh, lashing, uh, last legend referenced um, Squid Games. My my girlfriend keeps saying, "Oh, we should watch that." It's like this this big <laughs> pop culture thing right now. Yeah, I haven't watched it yet. So I that one right, that one over that one over my head. I think that she had made another reference last week. I'm not hip, folks. Sorry, like I, I'm not. <laughs> we know, Colin. We know. Oh yeah, <laughs> this is this has been firmly established, right? And I understand, but no, like she's referencing this very very like. Um, like in the moment, like the, the topic of the minute, more often yep. than not, I'm working. I'm I'm literally doing work here. So my For ability, yes. So my ability to to do things outside of wrestling, outside of like, and then beyond that, some of the things that are very near and dear to my heart, um, like comic books and stuff, pretty few and far between. So no, I haven't watched good games, so I don't always pick up on this, these references. That was the case tonight with Last, Last Legend. Again, I kind of like the idea. It's just like it's this um, very, very short intermission in a way of just like kind of taking it aside and talking about NXT and stuff. And she mentioned Tony D'Angelo, and that's set up his promo later tonight. This dude had a, had a guy in the trunk of his car, so I thought that was kind of fun. Um, a very, very stereotypical character, and I think that's kind of problematic. But um, no, I'm unfortunately I'm not in with lash, lashing out. John, you mentioned that you haven't watched Squid Games yet either. Not to put too much of the emphasis on that. I'm saying more of a general thing. It's like if you're kind of plugged into all these like you know timely things, cool, and maybe maybe you get it. But I don't. So chances don't. are you won't really. But. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I think again, Kat, what I was talking about with Joe Gacy earlier, uh, she. Uh, sorry, uh, in this case, uh, she plays the role well. I think she's making the most of it. I like the, again, I like it, the idea of it, but maybe not for me. It's just like weird. Um, uh, what's the, oh, Wendy, Wendy, Wendy Williams. That was a comparison last week. Wendy Williams meets wrestling kind of thing. And again, Wendy Williams was is kind of not, not a dated character, but it's like a little like, all right, it's not this, it's not a new thing. It's like, I don't know. Um, boy, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I and not as suggesting I try to get out a little more and do things outside of wrestling. I'm trying, man. I'm <laughs> trying, but, out. um, as I should be, I, I, I try, but um, over oh, what else? Oh, Imper there you go. So, thank you, Steven. Gets back on track. Steven saying that Imperium, uh, he's hoping Imperium beats MSK. We had uh, a promo from Imperium tonight talk, and there was uh, they had some subtitles so that they're talking, um, in their native languages basically they're saying the msk uh we're talking about me not being hip and talking about the the current generation saying the msk is everything that's wrong with the current generation here uh that they they they're, they're you know too involved with their phones and they don't do work very almost like a uh i don't know cross to do old man promo from imperium i don't know but it worked i thought it was cool especially you know we've talked about it before but with msk people not being quite um all in with msk not really you know digging them so much these days Cool, you know, I think that that with this promo works maybe a little bit better for that reason. I said it last week, like if you build Imperium up a little bit, the a given promos like this, given the titles, I'm cool with it. I like it, uh, and not just saying he's all for Imperium beating the brakes off MSK at this point. That's what I'm rooting for because otherwise, I don't know who's really left for MSK to lose to at this point. Not much, <laughs> not much of anybody. Uh, but I, I think they're due to drop the titles very soon. Uh, would you agree? Yeah. 
Uh, okay. What was it but last who? week? Well, was it was it last week they faced Grizzly Young Veterans? I think. Yes. So I thought that would have been a good chance. Um, again, the revamp is kind of made things interesting. Where it's like, and then the draft. I thought hit row like maybe could have been something. Then they're gonna they're gonna go uh, move it over to SmackDown. The Creed Brothers is a long term thing, but that that would take a while to really build them up. Yeah. Um, but we had uh, what was it? Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs is it like the kind of country boy team. They kind of set that up last week. There's something there. Um, but again, they're they're a new new team there as well. Um, we we had uh, Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner team tonight. Maybe they're doing another odd couple kind of thing there. I don't know if they would be MSK. So. At this point, yeah, Imperium. At least they've got you know a track record that's that's pretty good. They're, they're very very talented. They've been in some high profile matches here. Um, so if not them, I do not know who. And uh, unless they kind of quickly build somebody up, that would probably be my pick. Uh, and I, it sounds like you kind of agree, John. Yeah, I do agree. Uh, there there isn't really many teams that I could see as not being ready for this. Uh, I think that they just kind of need to pull the trigger and move to the next step here because uh, obviously people aren't getting behind this and it is starting to get stale. They haven't really done much. Uh, I just think that now is the time they need to kind of, you know, just get going here. I agree. I will. I'm. Uh, I don't want to be too critical of MSK in their own right. And that's just saying that she loves MSK. Love them on Impact. MSK is great. They are probably like as a team, especially one of the best high flying duos. In the business, they, I think uh, nationally, West Carter both are very, very talented. Just the booking, it always comes back to the booking. They can go out there, steal the show, put on an incredible match, but they haven't really done much with the tag titles here. They haven't been booked very, very well. Um, so, yeah, I think that's really the problem. Like, it's not that they're not talented, it's not that they're not good, it's just the booking. And I, I hope if they do lose the titles, maybe they can kind of just, as you said, John, kind of move on and then do something else because what we've been getting hasn't been working. So I think that's more of the problem here because they're very, very talented guys. Uh, and I and I hope to see them succeed in that sense. So uh, talked about uh, Von, Von Wagner for a minute here. Still kind of not sold on him, but DJ saying Von Wagner is a future main event star and a future champion in my book. Very talented. Uh, as I said, uh, Von teamed with Kyle O'Reilly. He faced Ridge Holland and Pete Dunne in a tag team match. Very loud chance of you don't go here, targeted uh, at Ridge Holland. He got drafted over to SmackDown as well. Um, but yeah, as I said, uh, Kyle and Von Wagner won here. So I feel, I don't know, I this feels like something, well, this felt like it could have been a blow-off match or it could have been just another progression here. Steven predicting a heel turn for Von Wagner. Maybe. I can see that. Yeah. You know, I do I think, think it was sense. just a blow off match, though. I do think it was just a blow off match, kind of just I wouldn't necessarily say to fill time, but to give each uh, to give everybody more time uh, in front of fans and, and in the ring. I agree. So, I I think uh, we're talking about NXT being you know utilized to build up new stars. Uh, having Wagner turn heel face a guy pretty much everybody likes, the Kyle O'Reilly, good way to do that. So, I feel like that will be. Uh, assuming these guys continue to kind of work together in terms of the storyline here uh, would make sense. But DJ pointing out Kyle Riley might be better at it as the heel, and then he get uh, Von Wagner established as babyface. I think either way, these, we, these guys will feud. I think that is pretty likely uh, in one way or another. To me, I actually have a hard time 
seeing Riley as a heel on his own. He was great in Undisputed Era, but now like I've just I've, he's been so good as a heel. Beating Adam Cole made him this really like top level babyface. So to me, it's like you might as well kind of ride with that and maybe try to up another heel in the process here. Speaking of entertaining heels, Andre Chase continues to be one of the more like underrated new guys in the NXT. He had a backstage vignette tonight, taking a student to uh, Chase University. And uh, yet again, a student kind of spoke up and he put him, gave him an F, put him in the dumbass club. Very, very funny. I, <laughs> I agree. I like it. Tell him to tell your dumb teacher I said F you. <laughs> that, was, that was good. <laughs> I thought that was good. Yeah. I like guys like Gacy, Brown Breaker, all these other, like, you know, more uh, prominent people getting kind of the rub here in X2.0. And now they chase, talk about maximizing your minutes. Delivery delivery is good here. It's just fun, a fun segment. I like it. He'll be facing uh, Austin Jones next week, as uh, Stephen James was pointing out. Feels like yet again an inevitable match for Austin to win there. But as we were talking about last week, Andre Chase, he doesn't need to win. It's fine. Like he's he's good. But speaking of not needing to win, we were talking about Grace Small earlier. We did get a very brief sighting from Cameron Grimes, still determined to get a a, nice, uh, a beautiful lady on his arm. He sees Grace Waller with a lady. Uh, backstage, and he says, "You know, what's your secret? Like, how 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 do you get a lady?" And <laughs> Grayson Waller says, "Because oh, he was saying that you just lost the match. Like, what's this?" And Grayson says, "Oh, it's not it's not about wins and losses. It's it's about um like swipes and swipe rights yeah. and lefts or, or whatever." I'm like, "My <laughs> gosh, Grayson Waller has cracked the code of booking in WWE. It he- doesn't matter, man. Like, it's all good. This man has been here for like a month and he's already nailed it. It's like, all right." I he, is, funny. he is setting Cameron Grimes up with all the dating apps. Cool. <laughs> cool. All right. You know, as, as, as we mentioned here, uh, and, and we, we, that's, this is very much just what we're talking about. For weeks, NXT, it's, this wasn't edgy. It's more, it's more you're trying to orient younger and, again, not to keep saying hip, but that's the idea. I'm like, fine, that's great. You know, it's something. Uh, Stephen Timmer is predicting maybe a tag team with Grayson and Cameron kind of spinning out on the storyline. I can see it. Um, I, it's got, I gotta think it's going somewhere and I guess that's, that's a good option. Um, so I don't know. Cameron Grimes is great. He's funny. As we we're talking earlier about Grayson Waller, maybe pairing him with a guy like Cameron Grimes, good way to kind of establish him because we're talking about, it's hard to really get into somebody that's been on two or five live and you kind of throw him into the deep end here. So, Maybe that's a good way to do it. So, otherwise, here the only other thing I can really think of uh, is they had a very brief vignette for Solo Sekoa, who is uh, Sefa Fatu, I believe, and that is the brother of the Usos, I yes. believe. Yeah, uh, and that is his their little brother, Michael Covenant, pointing that out. So, not too much to get into. He had a brief uh, vignette tonight, making it pretty clear he'll be coming to NXT. He was part of the latest Performance Center signing. Um, I don't know much about him otherwise, but he's got he's part of the bloodline. So, you know, there you go. You know, the, it's starting to kind of see the bloodline infiltrate the other brands here, starting in the, the roots of NXT. So I, I have nothing else to say about it because we haven't seen him in the ring or anything, but we'll have to wait and see. Everybody's getting fast-tracked, it seems like. Sure, and it seems like it. For better or worse, for better or worse. But as, as always, a very... Um, Eventful, uh, uh, chaotic, not or it's very like this. There's so much happens on the show. It's like literally they have entrances and then they have a match and then literally what 
before the people even go to the back, boom, next entrance. Like it's it's like a assembly line. It's just like go, go, go. And again, all these new faces. Uh, we're sitting here trying to like keep track of it all, but my gosh, like the lots happening. There's a lot to talk about. We talk about Halloween Havoc, good matches as always. Coming off of Raw, can't be too I can't be too critical because like I, I came out of the show feeling at least uh, maybe other than the main event decision there, mostly positive. So for me. I'd probably go for like a six point eight. What what what's the you, John? Oh, uh, I would go with a six point five, six and a half. Uh, you know, I thought they're they're doing good with their new two point The ratings were terrible last week. It was a record low for two point I don't see them improving much, uh, especially with baseball and hockey opening night and all the all kinds of stuff going on. But they're trying. They're throwing stuff at the wall. They're seeing what sticks. They're they are being more edgy and adult uh, themed. Uh, we'll just see how long it can last and if they can gain momentum. That's exactly it. So um, we're getting some more ratings here. Stephen Chambers with a seven. Nesquik with a six point five. Harmon with a six as well. But you mentioned the ratings and everything. Now we are, as I said earlier, just about a month to the day of this revamp here. So we had the the maybe the the rough initial outing. We had um, the better second week, and then I think this was week four or so. Yeah. So four, yeah. we've had a good body of work here to kind of assess NXT 2.0. John, how are you feeling about it? It's a fair question at this point. I'm all right with where it's at right now. I know a lot of people don't like change or they like the old stuff. They like the, the heavy metal, ind- independent style action in the ring. Uh, I have been known to like the storytelling aspect more so than the in-ring action which of course is vince and wwe style more so than dare i compare you say like AEW all elite wrestling is more about the in-ring action less about the storytelling wwe is more about the promo segments storytelling and then building off of that for matches nxt has made that transition they are kind of doing that now they're getting better at it i think with time people will get used to this being the new normal for now, I think it's the people that don't like change are still kind of over it. But I think the people that were willing to uh, listen to the change and check it out are realizing that it's just more of the same of what we've seen uh, on the main roster. So it's not necessarily about how good the uh, superstars are because we know they're good. It's going to be about the creative and, and how good they are telling stories and just utilizing the talent. Yeah, I think that's all. That's what boils down to. Um, I think I've come around from where I was in terms of at first I was fairly down on it. Um, I like, as I said, I, I'm starting to kind of come around and liking the characters when they're, when they're kind of uh, present, presented nicely and, and, you know, they, they feel more well thought out. They feel more uh, comprehensive. They feel more like actual characters, not just like, people wrestling, you know, and that's not, that's not a bad thing either, but like there's something said for that, that main roster aspect of, you know, the characters and, and like, you know, you know, who you're, who's on the screen, you know, about them and who they are and all these things. And that's more of a, we were talking about last week. This, it was, it's like a hybrid of early nineties and, and agile wrestling. So uh, it is definitely an interesting kind of change there. Um, yeah. You know, to me, I would say I'm, in some ways I'm more, Hey, I mean, you mentioned being, you know, being uh, resistant to change here. Again, I, I just loved what NXT was so much, but I'm trying to kind of 
be patient and uh, for, I guess maybe forgiving is the best word, you know, trying to really kind of roll with the punches and enjoy this angsty for what it is. Cause it's not, it's not the same angsty that it was. That's just, a, that's just a fact. Uh, and I'm starting to like at least parts of it. And uh, hopefully we'll, we'll continue to kind of hit this stride here. Viewership aside, you know, whether the, the ratings kind of back it up, I think they're putting on a fairly good show. And to me, that's what matters at the end of the day. Getting more comments about the ratings here for the for the tonight's show. Uh French Renato with a 6.7 quacks. Uh maybe the ratings are a little tough to get on a, on a Tuesday night. Uh, especially with Johnny mentioned those those sports properties. Uh, sorry, those the sports uh competition there. So that's something. Um and uh, otherwise, some people are coming around. DJ with an eight saying he's starting to like it. My coming with seven as well. And don't want to forget, uh, DJ pointed out that we did not talk about Zion. It was Zion Quinn's match. I think it was a short match. He beat uh, Malik Blade, another 205 Live guy. He looked good. He looked good. Yeah, not um, too much really to say. I agree that, uh, you know, looking good, but uh, until we see more, I mean, nothing really noteworthy yet. Yeah, but he's been, he's one of those guys, like, you can kind of tell people they're popping up every week, winning matches. Most weeks, like you can start to kind of assemble a short list of people that are uh, being set up to kind of stand out on NXT. And as, as you said, John, throwing things at the wall, seeing what sticks. Some things maybe starting to stick at least a little bit, and they're trying to kind of focus in on that with the guy like Zion Quinn, Joe Gacy, Braun Breaker, obviously leading the way there. Um, so again, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think uh, a guy like Zion Quinn could be. Uh, very much one of those new stars that emerges here. But yet again, we'll have to wait and see here. So we'll wait and see what happens next week on NXT. Can Braun Breaker and Tommaso Ciampa coexist? You'll have to tune in to find out. Or if you don't, we'll be talking about it anyway here on, on the Wrestling Post Show here next Tuesday, talking about that. Otherwise, uh, John, uh, John, you and I will be here uh, on Monday for Monday Night Raw, the post show there. Not sure about SmackDown this week. I'll be in Philadelphia for a New Japan show for the first time, uh, my first wrestling show live in two years, which is crazy. Uh, looking forward to that, so I'm not sure if I'll be here on Friday or not, but otherwise here, great stream of, of interviews counseling about you guys. I interviewed former WWE star Hornswoggle today. That'll be going up soon on our channel. Um, Bill Pritchard recently interviewed the director of Escape the Undertaker. He's interviewed Paul White, Sam Punk. Um, I've interviewed uh, Matt Cardona, Fandango, lots of stuff here. Uh, to, to enjoy, to help you enjoy wrestling as we do. So subscribe, leave a like, all of our platforms, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, our podcast, whatever maybe we've got you covered. So John, we're talking about NXT, we're talking about last night with Raw, maybe not so much, but you know, on a more positive on the whole night, it's a little, little easier, at least a little bit, a little bit easier to do the one thing that we do here at WrestleZone. And can you tell me what that is? Enjoy the wrestling. Indeed. Thanks for listening, everybody.